This is a HeadGum Podcast. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. to Just a Tip, the podcast that's equally about its tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Batoon, and today I'm doing another solo Q&A episode where I take your questions from Instagram stories and I see how many that we can get through. Today's theme is dating and relationships because of a few reasons. One, that's like the main thing that I get questions for is always about dating and relationships. And two is because I just recently started talking about my kind of, I don't, I wouldn't even call it a secret relationship. I just started talking more about my relationship online and still deciphering how I'm going to navigate that. Because in my past, if you've been following me for, I don't know, at least seven years, <laughs> if you've been around since seven years, thank you. Oh my God, you're the best. But seven years ago or so, I had a very public relationship And I remember dating this guy and his parents were like, hey, don't put everything that you feel on the internet. And I was like, okay, I'm personally affected by this uh, and I want to run away from your home. And so I, I learned from that and stopped posting things that were too personal on the internet. I also was told by people on my professional team back then that if I posted stuff about honestly being in a relationship that it would be worse for my business because, I mean, I guess they were right. I posted something yesterday for the first time on Instagram and I instantly lost over a thousand followers because I was like, oh yeah, I have a boyfriend and it was a huge deal. So honestly, even though I'm not working with them anymore, they were right in that aspect. So now I'm starting to talk more about dating and relationships and I was single on purpose for a very long time. And I would date here and there. I I was on dating apps for a little bit. I would date friends of friends. And when I say date, I mean, I just hung out with them a few times. We got drinks. We like sat on a couch and like barely touched knees. It wasn't really, we weren't really together and I would not call them my boyfriend. And the thing is, I'm so particular with the label boyfriend because for me, I I date men for now. I mean, who knows? I literally am not, I'm not counting anything out in this life. I'm literally now just like going, okay, whatever is whatever. I started dressing a very like different way than I'm used to. I bought a lavender silk robe the other day. And that's not something that I would ever do. One, silk robes, that's, that's, I mean, I, I just hammer too many things to have something so delicate. And lavender just doesn't look that good on my skin. But I tried it on at the thrift store and I was like, you know what? This makes me feel the way that I feel on the inside. And so that's my only parameter for shopping anymore. 
And now even going in my life, like whatever makes me feel good. And that's what I'm going to do. And so as of right now, I have a boyfriend, this boyfriend, I really think is going to be my husband. I mean, I've already like decided, but with all of that being said, I don't even tell, I don't even have the conversation with people that I'm going to be in a exclusive relationship with them unless I see myself marrying them. So I, I take that very seriously. So the reason why I was single so long and I make all these jokes like, oh, I'm going to be single forever. It's not because I can't find someone. It's because no one can, no one is on the level of me putting my energy forward. If something is not fully authentic or fully in line with my values, I'm not gonna waste my time going on a stupid third date with them. I don't need to eat pad thai in front of somebody that I don't think that I'm gonna be eating pad thai with for the rest of my life. I'm just not gonna do it. I'm gonna order pad thai for myself because I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with myself even if I'm with somebody else, you know what I'm saying? So with all of that being said, I'm going to start taking some of these questions. So since we're talking about being single, I think I'll take the first question, which is growing in confidence in singlehood. So every time that you are not in a relationship and people try and give you advice, you probably hear people saying, you got to be by yourself to find out who you are and you have to love yourself first in order to love somebody else. I completely agree with both of those statements. So I would say that I have like two intense and serious relationships that I can remember. <laughs> All the other ones I just forget about. No, these are like, okay, I went to two like in-depth relationships. Like I've met their parents. It was like, okay, I could, maybe I could marry these people. And after these relationships, like I had become part of them they become part of me in, in like, that sounds romantic, but in one, in some ways it's like, you don't want to lose yourself in the relationship. And I think in my past, when I was younger, I definitely did that. We became, I mean, at one point I had a ship name on the internet. How can you be your own individual person when other people are putting you into being one half of who you are to make a whole of something else? And so that's an, another thing I really didn't like. I don't like the you complete me or like we're two halves of a whole. I, I don't subscribe to that belief. I think that you are perfect alone. And then the other person should enter the relationship. I think you're perfect alone as you are. And then the next person should add to that relationship. Honestly, you are your own entree and they're the garnish. They're not the garnish. They're like the sauce and the garnish. You know what? You guys are two different things, but when you put together, it's synergetic right? Like I was going to go deeper into a food metaphor, but I just, I don't want to get hungry again. I just had a salad. So I, I don't want to go too far. But what I'm saying is I think it's important to be single until you are, I mean, again, I am a person on the internet, literally not an expert in anything, but I will say that I have found love and I have been single for a very long time and I've been heartbroken. So I think I have all the components to speak on such a subject, but honestly, everybody's different. Do whatever you want. This is what happened to me. I went through these two very serious relationships, broke up with them for months, thought, did I make the wrong decision? All of the agony, all of this, that's when I started going to psychics, to be honest. Like anyone that's following my spiritual journey and wondering like, did I have to hit rock bottom to like go to a psychic for the first time? It was just because I could not get over the fact that maybe I made a mistake in my relationship. And so I, I literally went to a psychic and was like, was this right? And one of them told me that it was inevitable that it would happen. And the one that I, I currently, I mean, I don't go to one anymore because of the pandemic, but the one that I currently love, 
she has been on point so much. And, and it really did help me get over those relationships. Like, I don't know. I remember breaking up with people and then writing pros and cons lists of like our relationship and also like all the times that they made me feel bad or that I didn't like about the relationship so that when I would be romanticizing the past and be like, oh my God, was my life better when I was with this person? I would reread all of those little bullet points and understand that like, oh no, I'm just, I'm just thinking of all the best parts and I'm forgetting the bad parts because after you're in a relationship and you break up with them, your mind kind of seems to want to only replay the hits. There's some B-sides that you got to remember. There's some diss tracks that you need to put on blast. You need to max volume these. You got to remember those and stay strong because you're better than you were with them. If they make you feel any way, then great. If you read your motherfucking list and you see that you are not feeling like the queen and the king and the whatever you are, they're out, homie. Like they're gone. They're not worth your time. And you need to keep that piece of paper and don't keep all the photos. Oh my God. Put the photos, put the notes, put them in a corner. Don't look at it and reinvent the version of yourself that you want to be. Because when you're with someone, no matter what, no matter how much you try and be your own person, you're going to start to have like a metamorphosis a little bit. And speaking for myself, when I was much younger, my metamorphosis was literally like, just like wearing their costume. Like I became them. In a way, I think so. And I think my favorite parts about myself, they're, they're not taken from anybody else. Like the, the reason why I'm so happy in my relationship now is like I get to show up as who I am because I took all that time to learn who I am. And then I presented it and I was like, hey, this is, this is it, you down. It was more romantic than that. But I mean, that happens sometimes. And so he was like, yeah, 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 love all of it. Love the parts that you don't even like. Uh, and, and I think there's so many reasons why it works, but I think one is finding who you are. And I think I've talked about this on other podcasts too, of like what that looks like from a pragmatic standpoint, but anything that makes you feel alive, anything that makes you feel like yourself, like I legit would, I'm, again, bringing the second list of the podcast up, but I would write lists of what makes me feel the most like me. And like, I would like the top five would be like sunshine, music, friends, food, and I don't know, good entertainment or learning or challenges, something like that, something artistic and creative. So if I do those things, I feel the most like myself. And so when you're trying to, to find yourself after a breakup or even within a relationship is start to start to follow where your interests lead you and then make time for yourself. I think that when you're dating in a relationship, this is something that I also learned from my past relationships that I do really well with, with my boyfriend now is that we make sure to make time for ourselves and our friends. In my past, when I was like in my early twenties, I would spend every single waking moment with the people that I was dating. And we all know people like this. We all know people that like finally get into relationships and then they fall off the face of the planet. I have a friend right now that I'm mad at and he doesn't know I'm mad at him because he's done this. Oh, oh my God. He, no, it's fine. <laughs> that's, that's for another time. That's for my therapist. <laughs> but that happens. Like people get enamored with their person and that's fine and that's cool. But like, I, I really believe in balance. And so right now I'm making sure that I spend equal amounts of time. If you were to break up my time into a pie chart of thirds, it'd be 33.3% by myself, 33.3% of my friends and 33.3% of Codename Russ. If you listen to Rec Room, 
that is it's like all of my stuff is gonna like merge into one thing i call my boyfriend codename russ we call it tony the co-host of rec room if you haven't listened to rec room you gotta go listen to it very fun uh, we call him Codename Russ because I guess it's better than just saying like my boyfriend every single time. And I haven't re- released his name to the internet because I'm still dealing with how I want to reveal him. It's going to start to be a bigger deal than it should be because I'm like not ever mentioning him. Like the other day on Instagram, I posted a photo of his back and everybody freaked out and I lost a thousand followers. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how I want to navigate this. Anyway, 33.3% for each of the the little like water, the cans that you want to water, like all your, if if you have three plants, one is your relationship, one is your relationship with yourself, one is your relationship with your friends. So I think, I think balance is so important, but going back to the question, growing in confidence in singlehood, I just think it comes down to, to just knowing that like you are worth it and your time is worth it and your energy and your emotions are worth it. So like if a scrub comes at you and you don't have anybody else. And so like, if you, if you're trying to honestly, like I'm 30, so I can say this now, but like, (laughs) if you're just trying to get it in, that's fine. Like you do you, but honestly, if you want to get your emotions into something, then don't, don't, Tony looks so excited about this part. If you want to get your emotions involved, I think it's like, okay, that's where the vault is. It's an escape room. Dating is an escape room. If these people can't solve the code to open up the safe of your emotions, then they're just not going to make it out of the room. They're just going to be locked in that room forever. And that's not for you. Okay, cool. So be confident in that you are worth waiting for. And that's, again, I've actually never talked about this before but I have a personal tattoo on my ring finger because I grew up in a household of divorce. I'm a child of divorce, but I'm also a sister of divorce. So, and and I'm also an ex of divorce. Like I, I dated a guy who was 10 years married and divorced. So I've been around it so much that I'm used to it. I, I got an, an ellipsis on my ring finger as a reminder to always just like wait for it. It's it's worth the wait is basically the message that I was trying to tell myself through my tattoo. And so anytime that I looked at my ring finger that I'm like, OK, why the hell am I not married yet? I'm I'm 25. I'm 27. I'm 29. It's like, OK, I'm waiting for the right person. And I'm so glad that I did that because now it's like, I, oh, my God, uh, my boyfriend codename Russ said he I told him about the ellipsis tattoo one time and he was like, I want to be the period to your ellipsis. And I was like. Oh my God, do you have the ring in your pocket ahora? Because I need it now. Cornballs. Cornballs. I would rather be a cornball than a hornball. So if you, well, I guess both, both is good. Balance, again, you can be a corn and a hornball. Do you think 2012 you would ever thought you would say get it in on a podcast? No, 2020 me wouldn't think that I would say get it in on a podcast. But the thing is now... It's, it's really take it or leave it. I think I just have to be me. And this is something that I learned on my show, which is coming out on Netflix on June 18th. I learned because the camera was always rolling. I learned that I just had to be myself because I, I was going into the show thinking like, I want to be impressive. I want to be likable. I want to be funny. I want to be relatable. That it was like, oh, if I was trying to be all of these things, then I'm I'm watering down who I actually am, which is all of those things. So the, the fact that I was trying to censor myself or mold myself to be this version of me that I thought I wasn't was hindering myself. And it only hit me 
when I realized, oh, when I'm not trying is when I am everything. And so I think now I have to, I have to, this is what I have to be. If I would authentically say, get it in on a podcast, then I'm going to say, get it in on a podcast. And now in 2021, I've said it now four times, but now get it in five times. So that is my answer for growing in confidence in singlehood. I, I honestly do think being single is so, so vehemently important. And I know that's not how you use that word, but I, I truly think like that's the gravitas of the situation. Being single to figure yourself out and to also give yourself all the love that you would give of everybody else. It's so much easier to give love to other people. It, I mean, speaking for myself, but it, it seems in my friend group friends, my friends of group, my group of friends, we got there, that it's easier to give than it is to receive. And that's the same with like compliments. If someone's like, oh my God, you look so good today. It's like, no, you look so good today. But like, it's so much easier. I mean, that's easier in saying like, thank you so much. But honestly, when you start to to accept compliments, it really does start to feel good. And you start to own it. Like you're like, yeah, I do look good today. Or like, I did do a good job on this. I like it. Okay. So that's my tangent is like accept compliments, but also find yourself in singlehood. Okay. Next question. How you knew you were ready for a relationship? Ooh, this is an interesting question because as I mentioned previously on this podcast is I would pseudo date around, right? Like I would, I would go to these bars. There's always one specific bar in in Los Angeles that everyone that you meet on a dating app likes to take you to. It's called Edendale. People love that bar on first dates for some reason. So I I would frequent Edendale and I would go on these dates with people and none of them were interesting enough. Like a lot of them, the issue that I found on dating apps is that it's so easy to banter with people online, especially with when you're dating writers that's their forte. Oh my God. That literally talking on text is like sleeping with them. It's like, you're already doing the deed. And then when you meet them, like that's the first date and it's awful. Cause you're like, Oh, you made all these promises that you were funny. And then when you get it in person and it's like, Oh, you can't back it up. And now I'm having a terrible time. It's like, it feels like a bait and switch. So I would go on these, all these dates and I'd be like, no, 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 no. And then if I made it to like three dates with the guy, I'm like, okay, could this be something? But I'm still super bored. This can't be anything. The first time that I knew that I was ready for a relationship, I started to feel it internally. Like I was like, okay, I'm ready to like be, I'm ready to meet the one. And I would always say that. And I know so many people in their cars are like, oh my God, she believes in the one. I literally, I don't believe in like, there's one person for everyone. I think that you can connect with, a lot of different people. I think that like soulmates come in different forms, whether that's platonic or romantic, it could be anything. And so it's really just about the connection that you have with that person. But I, for the lack of explaining it like that, every time I'm just going to say like my person or the one, whatever, interchangeably, you do you. So I knew because internally I was like, okay, I'm ready to like settle down. I'm ready to meet my guy to settle down and like start making a family. Also, I'm 30. And if you know anything about biology, my eggs only got about, I don't know, seven years before they just kind of like clock out for life. <laughs> I have seven years to really like have some kids, healthy ones, um, biologically. So I was like, okay, this is kind of, kind of where I want to be. I spent my twenties working my dick off and now I'm ready to, to settle down. And so this is so funny. Yesterday, a friend of mine came over because she's moving to Florida. And I was like, 
yeah, it feels like the, the, the end of a chapter. We, we spent all of our dance years together. And so I was on the couch with two of my friends, her included. And we were saying, and we used to go, we used to dance everywhere. Like anytime that I went to a college show to teach or VidCons or any sort of like event where I was dancing or performing, I would always have two friends, Michelle and Amanda there. And my friend Shell is moving back to Florida. And I was saying that, oh, this is like the end of a chapter for all of us. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to be, we're all going to be married and pregnant around the same time. So that's so exciting. And I was like, it's, it's about time. Like, I feel like this is a change of chapters and, and things are about to really start happening for us. And I was talking about in, I guess I mean it in a career way too, but I was really referencing the family life. And she was like, I, I had said, it's going to, things are going to start getting different for us because, you know, twenties, I spent all my twenties, you know, working my ass off. And she was like, Oh, I was going to say like, for me, I just, you know, twenties were about just having fun. And I was like, Whoa, how, how substantially different are the twenties for so many different people? Like in my life, I was working so much all of my twenties. And now I'm finally like, okay, I want to take a break. I want to like have a family and stop grinding so hard. But so many people don't think like that. So many think people were like, the twenties are about finding yourself and, and having fun and like enjoying your youth. And it's, it's so interesting. I would love to hear anyone listening to this podcast, please tweet me at Megan Batoon. Like, I would love to know what camp you come from, because I have a feeling that it's like a, a really straight divide. Like, I feel like it's, it's probably 50, 50. Cause a lot of my friends are, are one way. And a lot of my friends are the other. So for me, I'm ready to be in a relationship because I, I put all that groundwork in for myself, not only career, but now, I don't know, a couple of years into the spiritual game of it all and, and doing the internal work also with therapy. Like I, I finally feel like I understand myself now in relationship with myself, because that is also another relationship. You got to be your relationship with yourself has to be a one before you can even think about having a relationship with somebody else. Because if you don't know how you deal with things, whether that's like normal stressors or jealousy, insecurity, uh, your love languages, what you need from a relationship, boundaries, like what you want in life, all of these things, values. I think you need to understand where you're at with that before adding another variable to the equation, because there's just more things to balance. It's like, if you don't know how you feel about specific topics or, or politics, values, family, how is, how are you going to decide with somebody else if you don't know what you think? So I think that's also what made it easier to find my guy is that I knew what I wanted and I, and I have a pretty clear idea of what I think. And so when somebody comes in, I know exactly where I stand so I can't be swayed, but I can, I can listen to somebody else. And if they, they have more information than I do or have a a different shade to color in the picture a little bit more easily, then I can add that to what I already think. But it's not like I have a blank canvas and whatever they think they're drawing my entire picture. And I think that's how I worked in relationships prior. It was like, oh, that's how you think. And that's how I think, because we're in a relationship and we have to think the same. I don't think you have to think the same. I think that you just have to be open to hearing each other's point of views and all the time, like both me and Codename Russ, like if we're in, we don't really get into arguments, but we will have conversations. And so if we're having a conversation and we don't really agree with one or the other, we listen to the entire point and then try and see if we can find any, any parts in it that maybe we didn't think of before, or it'll be a back and forth and it's a dialogue. And I think that's also, this is another 
tangent that is now becoming a tip. When before I got into this relationship, I said the next time that I'm in a relationship, anytime that we have some sort of disagreement or some sort of issue situation where we're not on the same side of it, we have two different visions or vantage points. I was like, it's going to be me and him versus the problem instead of me versus him. I'm going to say that just again, uh, because I didn't say it right. So my editor, if you're listening to this, you can cut it out. And if you forgot this part, it's totally fine. (laughs) Can you imagine me literally like five days ago would not be okay with keeping like a stutter in, but today I'm feeling good. Isn't that cool? You can grow in five days. <laughs> what? You're like a fucking Thank you, dude. I don't know if you could hear that, but Tony's saying I'm professional. I also do think I'm doing pretty well, so I will take that compliment. Thank you. And that is actively taking a compliment. <laughs> you cannot take the compliment away. But so I said to myself, the next time I'm in a relationship, anytime that there's some sort of adversity between us, I'm going to operate us versus the problem instead of me versus you. And I think that is such a big thing because in my previous relationships, when there would be an issue, I wanted to be right. And it wasn't that I wanted to be right in terms of you're right, I'm wrong. I wanted to be heard correctly. I didn't want to be right. I wanted to be heard correctly. And I think in my past relationships, people were, were so, they were ready to fight because they also wanted to be heard correctly. We all want to be heard correctly. And I don't think it's about being right. I think it's about listening and being heard and just understanding where the other person is coming from, even if you don't agree with it, because if they're bringing it up, unless they're a masochist, they're bringing it up and they want, they want to talk to you about it because it's important enough to them. You can tell when something isn't important enough, when somebody just wants to like, if they just say sorry to get the fight over with that's not a blanket statement saying that they don't think it's worth it. It's like, maybe it's not worth the headaches. Maybe, maybe the rest of the fights have been like so big and so bold that it's just not worth also getting their feelings hurt. Like in order to have a really good relationship when it comes to having conversations, it's open honesty and telling the truth of how you feel and knowing that the other person can hear you and that you're safe to say what you really think. I think, I mean, if you don't have that in a relationship, there's no, there's no point. Relationship with yourself, relationship with your friends, relationship with someone you're dating, your therapist, your parents, like, I mean, well, with the parents thing, sometimes it's not really worth it to get into it because, you know, different generations are a little different, but it depends on the relationship you want. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you just closed those curtains, Tony, because my knee, the back of my knee is dripping sweat. And I didn't even think that that was possible. You see this? This is summertime in LA. This, I'm so glad this is not a video podcast because this would be, <laughs> this would be on Pornhub, I think. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good time for me to take a break, get some water, and then I can answer hopefully a few more questions. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this, central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. And I'm back. I am no longer sweating. And I was going through all the questions and I was like, which one should I do next? And this one popped out at me. It said, how do you know what a healthy relationship feels like if you've not had good models? Oh my goodness. If you do any inner work or have been to therapy at all and and have heard this like language, there's a term called unlearning and it's essentially, we just have to deconstruct everything that we have. <laughs> I'm like talking about something kind of knowledgeable and I just said deconstruct, like with a K. <laughs> deconstruct. And I bet, and that's, you see, this is what anxiety is, is because no one probably thought about that. Maybe one person is like eating lasagna and they're like, she just said deconstruct. <laughs> but like it's deconstruct. <laughs> unlearning is deconstructing what we have been taught and conditioned from a young age by our caregivers, our authority figures, society at large, everything like that has been put on us and that's the lens that we view the world from. So now, doing, being an adult person that's in charge of our, our mind and emotions, we have to unlearn all of these things that were put on us without us asking. So taking that unlearning concept and adding it to relationships, there's so many terrible relationships. <laughs> and there's so many like insecure people in relationships always. That's just that's just human nature. In the very beginning when we all haven't done any work on ourselves, that's so hard. That's so difficult to be in a relationship with anyone that hasn't done any work on themselves or being that person that hasn't done any work. And I'm not saying like everyone has to be going to therapy weekly, but I mean, just like checking in with yourself, like journaling here and there or taking inventory of how you feel, just kind of like being aware of your emotions and aware of how you think and aware of how, you, how hot you run, how it, knowing your triggers, knowing if you get upset by something, are you the type of person? person to blow up? Are you the type of person to completely remove yourself and disassociate? Like just knowing what type of person you are, that's, that's great. That's knowing yourself enough to where if something happens in the relationship, you kind of know how you're going to react. And if you know that about somebody else, you guys can work together and maybe not have the, the type of like fallouts that you maybe had when you were younger. So for me, knowing what a healthy relationship was didn't come until until the man I'm dating now. Like all the other relationships felt healthy enough because like, I mean, no one was doing horrible things to me after like the first three. <laughs> the first three relationships were absolutely uh, bonkers bad. 
like literally getting cheated on more days than there were in a year somehow. It, like, I don't know what happened, but like so many bad things have happened in like the first three, which are, you know, the ones that shape you the most. So and then I started to going, okay, that doesn't feel good. I don't want to be cheated on. That doesn't feel good. I don't, I don't like feeling like I'm not important, all these things. And, and so you start learning what you, you can handle and what you don't want to handle in a relationship. And then when when I, this is like, I'm speaking completely personally now and I will legit stop a conversation when I'm talking with my boyfriend now. And I'll be like, that's how I know that I'm in a healthy relationship or I'll go, that's how I know I really love you is because I, I will do things because I know myself so well. And I have a reference point of what I was like in past relationships or how I would deal with something in a past relationship. I remember, uh, thinking like if I, if me, if I was in this relationship five years ago, I would not handle it in this way. I would have, and then fill in the blank with whatever insecure reply or reaction that I would have done. And it's so, it's so good to know that, oh, now this is how I'm handling it. And, and that's so very healthy. I remember in past relationships, if we would be in a, in a fight, it would be a volume fight. It would be whoever's the loudest wins, whoever. And then, oh God, that, that relationship was like, (laughs) I'm just remembering like all of like the things we broke. We like broke mirrors. We like, it was just like really crazy. Like that's when you put two Aries in a relationship together. Like so, so stubborn, so like passionate. And and that's another thing. I, I confused passion with love. And so I thought that I confused also insecurity with love. I would think that if you loved me, you would do really huge grand gestures. Like growing up on rom-coms and watching Jim Halpert. Like I thought that was love. I mean, Jim Halpert is love, but like when you go to like, when you watch rom-coms and you know, someone slams the door and you're like, if you love me, you would swim across the earth to find me. And it's like, Oh my God. Like, why do we have to put people through so much? So, so big, intense, like triathlon, Ironman feats to prove that they have feelings for you, that doesn't seem right. And so I was used to that. I was used to like all these crazy big gestures to prove that that these people were in a healthy relationship with me and, and that was absolutely false. Another relationship that I was in was unhealthy because uh, like people just wouldn't like open up, like they wouldn't talk to me. And so like, I wouldn't, I couldn't support them and our relationship couldn't grow because they, they would put their walls up and, and same to me. Like I was that person in other relationships. I would put my walls up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't open up in any way. And I would be very like business orderly. If there was any, ever any conflict or tension, it would just be like, I've now become a secretary. I'm, I'm no longer your girlfriend. I am a secretary. I'm a lawyer. Like everything is in writing. And like, I wouldn't call because I, I, I wasn't able to voice my, any of my thoughts clearly or coherently. So I would resort to a method that I was very comfortable with, which would be texting. And so I would have like text fights and that's, that's not a good relationship. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's not a good relationship, but that's not a good communication tactic. I always say talk, don't text. And that, that took a long time of learning, uh, to not do that. What I, what I'm trying to think of other things that I did in relationships that realized that weren't healthy. I think the more that you can realize that you're showing up as the version of yourself that you want to be and around that person, that is a tenet of a good relationship. If they make you feel more like yourself and they celebrate 
you for who you actually are and they like the parts of you that maybe sometimes you hide or like you feel like you you can be actually yourself without altering anything without being anybody else or being any different I think that's a good indicator that you're in a good relationship if it makes you feel good and it doesn't make you feel bad in any way for anything like if you feel understood and heard and that you're you're in a safe space I think it's safety, especially coming off of if you've come from any type of relationship that was anywhere near not safe. And that goes from like anything from, you know, being cheated on, emotional uh, abuse and, you know, every, uh, other things. I don't want to like put a trigger warning in this, but like, you know, anything that's not what you would want in a relationship, it may be very hard and you will have to unlearn what relationship things are. Because if, if, if someone's not fighting all the time and there's not like emotions being thrown around, like sometimes that's confusing if you've only known that. Because if you only know an abusive relationship, but you felt loved during it, because that's, that's, how, the, that's how it works. Like you feel safe and loved in an, an abusive relationship because they make you feel like you can't be loved if you're not with them. They make you feel like you're the only, they're the only person that can make you feel that way. So in a way, you're being brainwashed. And so what we have to do is we have to know that that it's not actually love. That's that's a scarcity mindset. That's someone coming from a fear-based space and someone that also doesn't have a healthy relationship or knowledge of what true love is like. And so if you've had, if you've not, if you've also not had good role models in your life, I am sorry to hear that. I will also say that, I hope that you can get out of those or away from those and know that that's not love and that there is love out for you, out there for you, out for you. Like love is like going to hunt you. I mean, I guess Cupid is kind of a love hunter, right? We should talk about that more. This, this boy, this naked baby is hurting you with love. I don't get it. So anyway, to wrap that up, you can unlearn unhealthy ideas of what love is. If you don't know what your relationship with love is, I invite you to, to write or like talk to a friend or like, but like write a journal, just write a couple words down of what you, what an ideal situation of love feels like. Uh, It could be like safety, warmth, comfort, um, whatever it is, write a few of key words down or, or a piece of paper and read it back to yourself and ask yourself like, are you giving yourself those things? Because if you're not giving yourself those things, how are you going to be able to see it and recognize it in a partnership? So I think that that's a really, I almost honestly like want to stop after saying that because I'm like, I want to go do that now. But I think, I think we have time for one more. But I definitely think that you should write those down and, and see if you can incorporate in your day any way to give you those types of feelings, any way to make sure that you're showing up for yourself as a healthy relationship so that when you are able to see one out in the real world, you know how to show up in a healthy relationship too. Because a relationship is never one-sided. It's two people. So if you find somebody that's a healthy relationship, but you're not a healthy part of the relationship, then you know longer have a healthy relationship. It's not a, it's not as, I don't even know what a zero sum is, but I think I want to use it here. (laughs) It's not a dating. Someone is like being a zero and being multiplied. (laughs) Stay with me here. If you no, let's figure this out together. If you are dating someone, it is multiplication. If you are dating 
a zero, even if you're a 10 emotionally, I'm literally not talking physically. If you are dating an emotional zero and you're an emotional 10, your relationship is a zero. That's it. And vice versa. If you're dating an emotional 10, but you're an emotional zero, your relationship is zero. You both have to be at least an emotional one. You, you have to like, you, we get it. We get multiplication. If you multiply something by zero, it's nothing. So <laughs> at least be an emotional one. That's the life lesson here. Okay. One last question. Let's find it. Ooh, this one's interesting. This one's not really about dating or getting into a relationship, but it says being in a relationship with someone in the same field as you. And this is interesting for me because I kind of always am dating someone in the same field as me. Sometimes we're doing the exact same thing. Like me and one of my, my first boyfriends, we were both dancers and both choreographers, but all my other relationships, I was either... I've never dated, oh, I did date a YouTuber once, but he was more of an actor. And then I also dated a YouTuber who was more of a comedian. I've dated a stand-up comedian. I'm not a comedian, but we're both in entertainment. And now my boyfriend works in sound. So he works in film and I work on TV. So we both still work in entertainment. I think for me personally, and this is so different for everyone, I really like being in a relationship within the same industry as me. I don't think I would want to date someone that is also a TV host or also a content creator or also a designer. I don't think I would like that. Um, I would like it if I dated like an architect or like a contractor. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I could do the design part and they could do this other part. But I think a tip for dating someone in the exact same field as you, uh, when I, this is coming from when I used to date dancers and choreographers, I think it's just like, I mean, I never compared myself to them. That's the key, I think, to life in general is to not compare yourself to other people, especially in your own field, but to talk with them about the things that you both know and that you can learn from each other. That's the one, I wouldn't say the one thing, but that's one of the really awesome benefits that you get from being in a relationship with this, within the same field, with being with someone in a relationship in the same field as you is that you understand you guys have a common shared language. You can understand the everything from, you know, insecurities to celebrations, to what it really means to artistic discussions of, of deeper stuff. I think that's really exciting. If you aren't in the same field as somebody else, I think that's also really exciting because you can learn so many different things, but I, I think that if I was in a relationship with somebody that wasn't in the same industry as me, at, at least just in understanding media and entertainment, it would be really hard for me to, to let them know like why something is a big deal. Or, or if I, I don't know, I was gonna say like, if I made a typo on Instagram stories, like why that's a big deal. But I'm like, you can just delete that. And also like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> what do you think? Well, my point is, if they can understand why something is important and vice versa, I think that's the most important thing. You don't have to be dating somebody in the same field, but if you are in a relationship with someone in the same industry as you, my only tip would be uh, collaboration, not competition. It would be to just see if you can learn and, and, and share ideas instead of taking everything personally or kind of going like tit for tat. Cause then again, it's you versus them. It's not, you versus the world. And that's really the idea that I have for, for in, in the entirety of life. Okay. One 
Last question. I know, I know I said that's the last one, but honestly, you deserve one more. <laughs> and we're going to take it from Tony. And I'm kidding. <laughs> um, let's see. Ooh, I want to end with this one, but I also, I basically take screenshots of everything that people send me on Instagram and I, I pick them on the day that I feel like speaking about them. I normally would want to save this for a podcast that's about self-development, but since I've already started talking about it now and it still deals with relationships, I'm going to bring it into this one. This is going to be our last question. It says, do you ever actively grieve past versions of yourself or relationships? How does it feel? I think for so long, I always would think that I was overly nostalgic. I would think that I, every period of my life was better than the version I'm living now. Like when I was in college, I was thinking my high school life was better and easier. And then when I was out of college and I just moved to LA and I was like calling my mom every single day, crying for six months, being like, why did I move here? I would be like, oh, college was so much easier. And then a couple days later, or a couple days later, a couple years later, and then I would go, wow, that was so much better. And I'd always look in the previous era of my life. It, and I would also categorize them into who I was dating. And I was like, oh, life with X was easier or life with this person was easier. And it would always go and it would sabotage, honestly, my current relationships and my current happiness. Because that's that's honestly the telltale way the tell, the telltale, that's the telltale. Oh my God. That is the telltale way of knowing that you're not in the present is you romanticizing the past. So I wasn't grieving past versions of myself. I was wishing that I still had that part of myself, but now there's no grieving at all. It's like, I, I feel so secure in moving forward in so many aspects of my life. And, and that's why I think it's so easy for me to be in this relationship is because I, I had a really good, like hermetic closure of just going, I'm done with that version and I'm going to create a new version of me and I'm going to really step into who I am. And that's when I was really getting into the inner work and, and really trying to understand who I was and knowing that the next step is going to be better. Like now I'm, now I'm not looking in the past for like, Oh, that was better. I'm looking forward to go. What's, what can be better than this? And I think that mindset switch and not even just mindset, it's just like literally your eye line switch. It's, it's not looking in the rear view mirror. It's looking ahead. You're in the driver's seat. We're going forward. We're not going back. So why we, we don't really need to be looking back unless like someone is on your ass. You need to be looking forward. This is now a driving lesson. You need to be looking forward because that's where you're going. And the, it feels so much better to answer the second part of your question. It feels so much better to not always constantly compare yourself to the last version of you and have that version of you be number one. Like that feels so bad to look back and go like, wow, I really peaked when I was in a relationship with that person. But the cool thing about peaking is that you can always peak again. Like if you only have one peak that you're dead, I guess, because like you're, I guess when you were alive would be like the peaking, but growth I'm sure you've seen like growth charts for any business, any stock market, any, anything. It's never a straight line. It, I mean, I guess sometimes it's exponential and it's a curve, but there's always going to be like ups and downs. And so I think, I think you can have multiple peaks. Like when people are like, oh yeah, they peaked in high school. It's like, well, maybe to you on the outside, but like maybe their peak was 
having kids. And now that they have kids, like they, they're peaking again. When they have like 17 kids, you get to peak 17 times. (laughs) If you have 17 kids, I'm so sorry for your (laughs) hoo-ha. So crazy. But to round out this entire podcast about dating, here's the tagline to end the episode. Look inward and then look forward. Boom. The girl's done it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just a Tip. Let me know, uh, I guess on Twitter, let's go Twitter today. Let me know on Twitter what type of person you are from earlier in this podcast. And let me know if you have any other questions that you want discussed on this podcast. I will also ask on Instagram stories and continue to do it this way. I had a blast. Thank you for sending really good questions. I don't know if other people's podcasts get such good questions, but I'm very grateful for the audience that listens because I, I mean, the, the answers that I'm able to give and all of my mistakes and insight comes from what you send in. So, so thank you for having such good insight in, in a, what, what I want to say, having such good inquiries. Let's end it that way. Okay. We were doing so well and now we are not peaking. So we're going to leave. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'll see you next time. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>